Blog Talk Radio. SmackDown Live is better than Raw Reprise. It's not just Samoa Joe winning the United States Championship. It's the fact that the blue brand decides whether or not you want to tune in or stay tuned in. There's just so many elements As to why SmackDown Live is a successful show, a successful brand, and one that is marketable far better than some, not all. But here's the reasons why. If you take a gander at Monday Night Raw and how they produced their show, the stories were there. It's just the placements and such was not all there. Uh, I'm one in particular, if you have a show, please put it into perspective for the fans and not your perspective, please. I understand that I am not a booker. I am not a promoter. I am just someone who observes what's going on in this crazy Ragnarok we call professional wrestling. And, And comparatively speaking, the last few shows, man, women, child, whomever is listening to this awesome show... Is that you've got AEW coming up in a month and a half. You've got to make your product better than what it's doing right now. And I'm referring to Monday Night Raw. SmackDown Live has had its occasional down shows, but that's few, far, and in between. We take a gander at what last night's show entailed, you know, with Aleister Black and Ricochet. Facing off against Sheamus and Cesaro, they are getting the attention of the main roster, and maybe it'll take a minute for them to adjust. But SmackDown Live overall, the quality of the show, <clears throat> what they are building is completely different than from what Monday Night Raw is building. It's like what storyline, uh, credibility, hell, I know, man, that category of what they're building falls under a lot of subcategories, like... Okay, what direction is the women's championship going? Because you have Asuka that's supposed to, you know, have a supposed feud with Mandy Rose. 
But the Raw Women's Championship is what's keeping Raw intact. Um, what are the subcategories? Oh, yeah. Believability, placement and booking, making sure that you keep your audience awake and not what the fuck's going on. That's awake, but it's a different kind of awake, and I'm referring to Monday Night Raw. So where and what makes SmackDown Live better than Monday Night Raw? And you've heard this a million times. It's the fact that talent gets a fair shake. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that it's a shorter show, less promoing. Even though Daniel Bryan's promo about Kofi Kingston saying that he's a, he remains silent, while the rest of us are just a bunch of idiots who just cheer mindlessly. That's a synopsis of the promo because Kevin Owens, you know, it's simple. They're keeping it simple. Kevin Owens is the exact opposite of what Daniel Bryan is, and that's a non-environmentalist who makes every one of us laugh and also entertains us in the ring. And some of you may say, well, he's an asshole. Well, you know, that that's just your take on him. My take on him is he fills a spot, he entertains, and that's that. As far as uh, Samoa Joe winning the United States Championship from an open challenge from R-Truth, uh, also in that ring was Andrade Cien Almost and Rey Mysterio. I can just tell you, SmackDown Live is more entertaining, more captivating. Oh, yeah, ratings are low according to certain websites like Garrick.net and CBS Cageside Sports and various other sources. The like ESPN will show you the actual rating curve of SmackDown Live. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification while I pull that random information up. Take it. Well, folks, you know, they do it weekly. And let's see here. Says SmackDown Live ratings overall beat out Raw for the second week. So it averaged 1.90 million viewers. SmackDown also able to beat Raw for the second week in a row, beating 1.97 million viewers New Year's Eve. It's Monday Night Raw. So this is an old, old tagline. What, you know, what is the reason for SmackDown Live having these higher ratings over money? And 1.97 is not much, but, you know, it is what it is, folks. And the proof is in the fucking pudding. If I don't have a source to cite, like, okay, Garrowick.net's a very reliable source for ratings. And it tells you by the week how much a show has meant their their number, right? This is not 
<clears throat> a sales quota. It kind of is. WWE Raw started in 93. We all know that. SmackDown Live, April 27th, 1999. Since its inception, you know, it's been up, down, up, down, up, down. It wasn't until the infusion of all these names, like AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, Once Upon a Time, Shinsuke Nakamura, Asuka, you name it. The influx of NXT, like Aleister Black, Ricochet, Heavy Machinery, it's just, you know, one big happy reunion from NXT, you know? Is that the reason why SmackDown Live is doing, like, multitudes better than Monday Night Raw? I think not. I think part of the reason why SmackDown Live reaches out to its audience better, well, let's see. Ever since it became co-branded, I believe SmackDown Live hasn't uh, differed at all, even though it's under the same creative control for some odd reason, unbeknownst to us as fans. SmackDown Live... Does not disappoint Why? Because For those who are watching for different reasons There's always one element That Smackdown Live Can please you in And can tell you One of those is Keeping fans awake Entertaining us There you go Entertainment That's the word I was looking for When you have compelling TV Like I don't know Mandy Rose feuding with Naomi or Mandy Rose feuding with Asuka. Not just the women's side of things that keeps us entertained. It's keeping the product fresh, keeping it, giving us a different look. Even though it's the same story, they're giving us a different look. Like Jimmy Uso versus The Miz or Jay Uso, whoever it was. One team's going to get the better of the other team, Miz or. However, whatever their team name is, Shane and Miz versus the Usos at Fastlane for the WWE SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. And they're giving fans what we want in some regard. Some fans, some of us, you know, we'll never be satisfied. That's I'm one of those that uh, wants to know what's, what's going to happen next week. Unfortunately, folks... There's an announcement that Tommaso Ciampa is going to have neck surgery and has been pulled from NXT TakeOver at WrestleMania. Does that mean he will relinquish the title? Probably, because they don't want to chance him getting hurt. Tommaso Ciampa had just appeared you know, on, on previous NXT tapings with Johnny Gargano. I don't know. Things happen, folks. <clears throat> but back to the reason why SmackDown Live is more entertaining than Raw or better than Raw. Plain and simple, the entertainment value was up. Charlotte and Becky's uh, little fight last night with Becky on a crutch, beating Charlotte in the leg with the crutch, that was entertaining. Um, Samoa Joe winning the United States Championship, his first title in almost four years um, since winning the NXT Championship in NXT. That was entertaining. Also, you know, Mustafa Ali returning was that was that a turning point? I guess since he went out to help Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens was getting uh, manhandled by uh, Eric Rowan. There's just a lot going on on SmackDown Live 
but they're keeping it confined to where fans can actually comprehend and understand it. Oh, by the way, what's up, United States? What's up, United Kingdom? What's up, Australia, Latvia, Indonesia, Norway, Philippines, Tokyo, Japan? To all you fans listening at this early hour, late hour, whatever hour it may be, we here at Off the Rails Uncensored and Wrestle Radio Network, Network, cannot talk, welcome you to the show. Most people would expect me to speak on certain aspect that happened last night of Samoa Joe winning a championship and how <clears throat> the United States championship is not a serious championship. Well, guys, I'm about to speak on it. So I got to elaborate, if you will. <laughs> Be prepared, folks. Buckle up. If you have children, please close your eardrums because I'm not only going to speak on more about why SmackDown Live is more compelling TV than Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, just comparatively speaking, this week and this week alone. Get ready, folks. If I offend you, I cannot promise you that I will apologize because this is me show. And I am the captain of the ship. Anyways, buckle up, fuckers. Get ready to get inside my head. Dig it. <laughs> You want to know why I like Samoa Joe? It's because there are certain things that make you wonder. And those certain things are as follows. Why did it take this long to get Samoa Joe a championship? Who knows? There could be a lot of factors in this. Maybe it wasn't the right timing. Maybe he just wasn't meant to be booked that way. Maybe there were some decisions made that you just have to adjust, grit your tongue, bite your tongue, and just fall in line. I don't know. But what I do know is Samoa Joe, this has been a long time coming from his career starting out in professional wrestling. I mean, God, man, the man has not just street cred, but word of mouth from New Japan, TNA, you name it. This man can work. And it's amazing how some people are like, well, I don't really think Samoa Joe appeals to me. Because when you watch Joe's career, when you look at what he's done over the years in TNA and over the years in Japan, and then when he got to NXT and was champion, sometimes it's like my uh, broadcast colleague Fisher says, sometimes gimmicks just don't carry over or adapt well enough when they get to the main roster. Samoa Joe, on the other hand, he must have done something right because there's always going to be someone that presents awesome factor, a an it factor, and Samoa Joe has that awesome and it factor or it factors 
when it comes to performing in front of crowds, when it comes to making crowds go, oh, the feud with AJ Styles is not the only reason. It's his battles with Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura, and he went through the trenches to get to this championship. Now, like I said, <clears throat> he is an individual that works really, really hard. I'm not saying none of the other individuals from the original FCW or NXT didn't work hard, but look, is this a possible path for Samoa Joe to make or go to a championship? I mean, I don't know. But what I do know is I have watched Joe's career since, well, TNA and, and a little bit of New Japan, and I can tell you he can get a lot more brutal. And in some people's opinions, yeah, he's put in the box, this, that, the other. You know what? He's entertaining. And when you're in a, when you are an entertainer and also a wrestler, you tend to think, okay, well, I am making money, I am entertaining. I couldn't, I don't speak for Samoa Joe, but I'm so happy that he won a championship and he worked really hard. <clears throat> I mean, there's plenty of matches. For example, Money in the Bank 2018 in Chicago. There's more matches than that. Where people believe that, oh yeah, Samoa Joe could he could be the wild card in this match, and he doesn't really do much. Guys, sometimes you just have to take a step back, reflect on why you're in the position you're in right now. And Samoa Joe, to me, is that guy that can mic really good. He can work really well. He can adapt his style to anybody that he faces. I mean. From Jeff Hardy to AJ Styles, from AJ Styles to Alex Shelley back in the day, that to Abyss. Not just Abyss, but the list of men that he's faced, Samoa Joe has faced. Look, he must have a good report as a company because why else would he have waited three and a half years for a championship opportunity? I mean, sure, you know, Brock Lesnar and him feuded. and Sure, he could have won the briefcase and, and made something of himself. So I'm just going to say, whatever you perceive as Samoa Joe, as you know who he's supposed to be, that's kind of not up to us or up to you and me or whomever. That's up to the company what direction they want him to go in. I just want to point out, man, that you know I mentioned the Shield and Dean Ambrose and the tagline. I don't know what to make of it, man. I, I The Shield has been a group that has come into WWE's concept board way too much. I get it. You know, this is maybe a last request um, for Roman, but my take on it is if you over-marinate something, it, the flavor may come out way different and somebody be like, oh, yeah, this tastes good, and somebody else could taste taste your product and be like, um, yeah, man, too much pepper or too much paprika or too much whatever you add into the seasoning, you know, when you're doing a brisket, obviously you can tell I'm hungry, but point is there's so much that, like, the questions arise, like, okay, <clears throat> is this the last hoorah of the shield and will they go out on top? Is a feeling, you know, WrestleMania is coming around the corner, and those three 
uh, going to face McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin. Just have a feeling. As far as uh, back to Samoa Joe, the reason why. He's an awesome dude. He works hard. He does really, really well. And no matter what environment you put him in, whether he's the enforcer, whether he's the bodyguard, whatever, he fucking fits that role. And he does that gimmick to whatever gimmick he's, you know, whatever role he's given, he's taken it and run and ran with it perfectly. Yeah, this sucks, you know, <clears throat> the banter and being alone, but hey, it's a show, goddammit, and the show must go on. So, we're going to stay on topic, fuckers. We are going to stay on topic, all right? And I believe, in my personal opinion, overall, yeah, Samoa Joe busted ass to get where he's at. And some people are asking, why did it take this long? I guess you could say acquaintance or a good friend or whomever, but I, Uncle Bob always says the best way to get forward in anything, not just pro wrestling, is to be a good servant. Samoa Joe must be a great servant because you take a snapshot of his career and you look at his resume, who he's faced. How many matches has he had that got the attention of Triple H, got the attention of Vince McMahon? He's a he's a he's a big dude. Is not the only attribute. He's agile. He's he's fluent in the ring. He tells a story. Isn't that the one thing that you look forward to when it comes to professional wrestling or seeing from a professional wrestler? So that's all I have to tell you folks is Saboa Joe really put forth why he's a good United States champion last night after the you know, after the match he promo he said, I'm the nightmare that most guys are not aware you know, are most guys dream of when they go to sleep and what they realize when they see me face to face, because rest assured I'll put those you know, whatever he said. He's really like I said Samoa Joe is really good on the mic. He's a great wrestler, and he presents his case. What more could you ask for from a guy that's been wrestling in the company for more than almost yeah, four and a half, five years? And he's moved up the ladder, and people may not have seen it. But look, Elimination Chamber matches, Money in the Bank ladder matches, uh, <clears throat> specialty matches in TNA. I'm sure he's had specialty matches in Japan, but that man, not only a hard striker, but he's a damn good worker, and that's that's all that matters, right? When you put into effect, like, the pros and, like, the the reasons why Samoa Joe outdoes the competition, you can honestly say to yourself, he puts the company first. What can I do to, you know, what can I do to help the company out? Not when am I winning my next championship? And I think that's like the most important thing when you are a competitor, you do want to win a championship, but how do you get yourself to that point? Because Ty Dillinger won the United States championship. He asked for his release, and it's not because the company, you know, 
there, there's other reasons why he may have quit, and I'm not going to go into that, folks. But you look at all the United States champions in the past and present. What sets Samoa Joe apart from those guys? To me, like from my my perspective as a fan, uh, let's see. Probably going to make it fairly interesting. We know who he defends it against. No. Uh, for me, it's this guy can last and just run with it and just make things work from all of the business, promoing, wrestling, entertaining. Even if the crowd boos or, uh, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. Nowadays, it's a mixed bag when it comes to what do you think of this guy? Some fans go boo and some fans go yay. The 50-50 conundrum. That should be another name for an episode. I feel that Samoa Joe is a workhorse. He's probably the most underrated one because most people, when you hear the word workhorse, you think AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, Shawn Michaels. Even if they, you know, resting in peace, uh, Vader, Mr. Perfect. These are the guys that didn't quite get the recognition, at, you know, during their time because of a certain, you know, factor in there, and that was Hulk Hogan. So, continuing on my random rambling. Samoa Joe got mixed reactions even in the NXT as more of a pop, but, you know, to the casual fan, he's just a big guy that beats people up and chokes people out. Simple enough, right? Oh, and by the way, the phrase, keep it simple, stupid, applies to that. It applies to Samoa Joe. Why? Does he overcomplicate shit? No. Does he make fans go, what the fuck did he just do? Why did he do that? Some cases, you know, fans may question why Joe did something. I think Creative does a wonderful job with Samoa Joe and the blue brand. I'm going to touch on this briefly. I've touched on it before. Monday Night Raw wasn't terrible. It's just the placement to which certain things, like the, the stories and where... They were fine. It's placing, you know, certain segments. You have certain, you have three three hours. So why did the copyright trademark come up after <clears throat> Ambrose rejoined the Shield? And why wasn't that closer to uh, <clears throat> Becky Lynch signing the uh, waiver? Responsibility claim, whatever, by Stephanie McMahon. That, you know, I understand that one's at the end. That one fits. The rest of the pieces of the puzzle, like Roman Reigns coming out at the beginning, perfect, you know, whatever. I ain't a booker, but um, guys, for the umpteenth time, you know, a group comes back together and you're like, oh, yeah, cool. The crowd popped for it, cool. So is that all that matters? Or certain people saying to themselves, okay, cool, I'll just run with it because 
WrestleMania 35 has come back with the idea or ideology that this is the last hurrah of the Shield because Ambrose's contract is not renewed in after WrestleMania. Will he stay with the company? Don't know. And I, you know, I'm one of those now that is certain things you read online. They are true if it's injury-related. And certain things that you read and hear through the grapevine are just hearsay. Hard to base it off hearsay, folks. So is Ambrose leaving going to affect the Shield's mentality going into WrestleMania 35? I don't know, my friend. If you have any questions, you can message us at Wrestle underscore radio. That is Wrestle underscore radio on Instagram and Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. This is Off the Rails Uncensored Part 2, recent affiliate show, sister show, if you will, of Wrestle Radio Network. Different airtimes will be posted on the Facebook website. I sound like a fucking goddamn airtime. Yes, I do. So, to praising Samoa Joe. You don't know how it feels to sit there and watch someone, you know, go through three and a half, four years. He really he adapted pretty well to how, you know, the main roster would acquire him. I don't think he's uh, from honestly from NXT. There's maybe a little bit of changes from his uh, wrestling style. Not much. He's still high fly. He can high fly if he wants, but he's ground and pound submission technician type dude. That's just based off style. But I really feel like this is good, man. I mean, this is a good, this is a great start for Samoa Joe. And uh, if you don't believe me, man, just watch his stuff from NXT, watch his stuff from TNA, and, and certainly catch his stuff in Ring of Honor. Because there's a lot of content just from those things or those organizations that I listed from. Anyways, folks, to close things out, I'm going to say the following. Monday Night Raw wasn't bad. It's just placement could have been a lot better. And as far as booking certain segments, but like I said, I'm not a booker. I'm not part of creative. I just observe and uh, try and piece together what they're trying to piece together for WrestleMania. And so help me God, man. Mania better be decent this year. And they're like, ooh, what are you going to do, podcast about it? You bet your ass I am. <clears throat> because maybe they maybe they do pay attention to the shows. Maybe they don't. But all I can say is I'm going to have a damn good time at Mania and uh, enjoy NXT TakeOver despite, you know, Ciampa not being there doesn't mean they can't put on a show. They're WWE, man. There's a lot of replacements that could put put on a damn decent show for uh, NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn, all right? So anyways, that's all for today, folks, on Off the Rails Uncensored Part 2. 45 minutes of random awesomeness and shenanigans, almost. 36, 35, who knows. Anyways, join me next week as I 
find something random to uh, discuss with you all, fellow wrestling community. On Off the Rails Uncensored Part 2, this is Brian Rails signing off. And if you didn't like what I had to say, I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Personality, the cult of personality.